You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Had a busy day yesterday. Baseball in the afternoon, baseball last night, opening night of the NBA, drama with the 76ers and Ben Simmons. Where's Kyrie Irving? Welcome to the program. Bob Costas will join us a little bit later on, recapping all the baseball and dramatic fashion last night. By the way, this program brought to you by the great folks at Peacock. Halloween night when Michael Myers is back. The next chapter, the record-setting Halloween franchise is back with Halloween Kills in theaters now. You can also stream it only on Peacock. Poll question, McLovin, from the first hour, and are we keeping it in hour two? We never decided on a oh, poll question. Uh, I didn't I didn't have the guts to pitch this one to you because I don't think you'll like it, but is it time to panic for the Los Angeles Lakers? Oh, stop. <laughs> yes or no? Stop. We're the eighth show doing that today. Stop. No, no. I'll let other shows do that. I'm not panicking. I'm not overreacting. I said I wouldn't do this. I would wait until after Christmas, and then I would give you an assessment of what I think the Lakers are going to be like this year. Because right now, they are a work in progress. They should be a work in progress. Uh, if anybody is surprised that Russ uh, Westbrook did not shoot well last night, then you don't know basketball. Because Russ can't shoot. And uh, he has to understand why he's being left open because they want him to shoot. LeBron and AD played okay statistically, but Golden State didn't play well and they still got the win. That's something to keep an eye on as well. Yes, McLean. Look at the bar you have for LeBron. 34 points, a triple-double, shot 60% from the field. You're like, he's played okay. I mean, he's going to... He's yeah. 37. Okay. That's amazing that he looks uh, that he can still do this. I expect him to be great this year. You don't expect to drop off with age. I'm just curious. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Not yet. You know, people make that mistake. It's like, you know, Tom Brady at 37 was falling off the cliff. All right. He stays in shape. He cares about off season. He cares about being better, being great, wanting to work. And so does LeBron. LeBron still, you know, wants to be the greatest player of all time. The all-time leading scorer, you know, top 10 in assists, uh, continue to average 25 points a game, at least 25 every single year of his career. Like, it's important to him. I wish Anthony Davis would look at LeBron and go, that's what I aspire to be. And I hope he does. But just those two alone, not enough. But they have injuries. You know, you got some younger players uh, they're not a great shooting team, outside shooting team, and they're not going to be. They just have to be respectable. They have to be, at times, dangerous. I don't want LeBron shooting jumpers. Saw that last night. Now, he might make those jumpers. I just, LeBron is far more dangerous when he gets to the hoop. Uh, but I don't know if he has this, I don't want to shoot free throws. He's not a very good free throw shooter. You know, he's going to shoot 72, 73% this year. But, you know... Michael Jordan stopped going to the hoop in his career, later in his career. He, he would post up. You know, I, I, would, I wish Russell Westbrook would do that, that he would post up, that he would go to the hoop more. But, you know, let me figure, let's see how they figure this out, how they acclimate uh, Russ into the offense, how he could, kind of sees what his role is here. Mello, what his role is. And then you have the other players that you got in the offseason. It's a work in progress. And I don't expect any real, as long as they're healthy, I don't see any real telltale signs that say, I know exactly what this team is going to be come May or June. Yeah, Paul. 
LeBron is at 50,055 career minutes played. That's sixth all time. Uh, Kareem is number one. But you that does not include playoff minutes. Yeah. You tack on another 266 playoff games. Yeah. 266. That's a lot of mileage, but he's unique. But he, he did invest in himself, and, and that's why he is in great shape. And as long as he's a – you know, that's why I thought Russ was brought in to take away maybe some of the ball handling chores. Uh, that that you don't put the wear and tear on LeBron. It, it it's like load managing while he's still playing in a game. But I don't know if LeBron says, you know what, let me take over here, and he will at some point. But I think he wants to say to and first Russell Westbrook was not the right guy to get. We talked about that. If you said they could have gotten Buddy Healed, then that's the guy to go get because you want to get that knockdown shooter. I got to have a guy who doesn't need touches. He doesn't, he's not ball dominant. And I just thought Buddy Heald would be a great addition for that team. Got a younger guy, great shooter, uh, got some swag. Russ, I know what he is. I know who he is. Now the question is, what is LeBron's impact on him? Is Anthony Davis going to stay healthy? Uh, is there another team that's going to emerge uh, out West? Are the Suns going to be there in the end? Uh, Golden State, you know, they get Clay Thompson probably in January. What are they going to be like when they get Clay? So there's so much here that trying to handicap this, it's just for clicks today. If you say, oh, the Lakers got some problems there. Yeah, they do. So does everybody else. Ask the 76ers. Ask the Nets. They got problems. Yeah, McClellan. I got the updated NBA championship odds from the guys in the back. Yeah. The favorites are still the Nets at plus 205, the Lakers at plus 400, the Bucks at plus 900, and then the Warriors are fourth. Uh, it's kind of a cliff at plus 1100, which surprised me. But I feel like after last night, don't the Bucks move up to number one? It, you know, <laughs> I know it's one night, but I think in the sense of like, oh, man, did we underestimate how good this team was? Because the Nets are favored over them. Well, no, if the Nets have Kyrie... KD and James Harden, they're a better team. But they don't. Milwaukee should be the favorites right now in the East. Absolutely. But let's see what happens with Kyrie. Let's see what happens with Ben Simmons. I mean, there's a lot that it's... I'm sorry, I can't do day after hot take referendum. I, do, I can't. I won't. Yes, yeah, You might be in the wrong business, I know Dan. I am. I know I am. I hate Pat to break it to you, but... Patrick says Lakers not worthy of discussion? No. <laughs> question mark? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> How about this as a Laker poll question? Is it, right. Will the Lakers roster look the same in five months? They've been known to move drastically. Remember the Isaiah Thomas, all those you know, different players? No, they can't. No. I, I, don't, I don't see that. I, I think this is what they're built how they're built, and it's a, let's see if we can cobble this together and get another championship. Um, I'm not big on the roster moves, but I'm still all in on, on LeBron and sort of all in on Anthony Davis. Yes, McLeod. I think they're handcuffed to these con a lot of these contracts. Yeah, they like they had a mid-level and they used it on Russ. Yeah. So we're going to do. Um, an even more annoying NBA poll question. Do you think Ben Simmons will play another game for the 76ers? Yes or no? I'm going to say no. I, d I don't know how he shows his face in a Philadelphia uniform. I, I just, because that fan base is like, we know you don't want to be here. You're only playing because you don't want to lose money. And 
we know that you don't care. You quit on this team. So that fan base is going to rough him up. And he's already sensitive. And all of a sudden, the home team doesn't like you. It, it'll, he'll probably say, hey, I just want to play road games. It'll be like Kyrie, but for a different reason. You know, Kyrie can't play home games because he's not vaccinated. Ben might go, I'll play, but I only want to play on the road. Back to LeBron, he had this to say about Russell Westbrook's performance. It's one game. We want to learn from it. We want to get better. Um, but we, want, we don't want to harp on it too much. You know, we will get better from it, and he will get better from it. Putting him in positions where it benefits him, uh, that benefits our team. Um, I think we will continue to learn that um, as the season goes on. Yeah, it's one game. LeBron was joking after the game. He was saying to Russ, go watch a movie. Go watch a comedy. Put a smile on your face. It's one. I will say this about Russell Westbrook. He is so hard on himself. Like, he does want to be great. He just, he has some real, he has some holes in his game. Now, how he has not made himself better, um, you know, that's always fascinating. I love watching him play because he plays every single possession like it's, you know, game seven of the NBA finals. But I think he's sometimes too hard on himself. And, you know, these these losses, you know, the, how he played, you know, that's where LeBron's saying, hey, don't worry about it. It's just one game. Uh, so the Ben Simmons situation, he's not going to play tonight. He's suspended. They have a home game tomorrow night with the Nets, uh, Friday night. So, uh, that'll be, uh, that'll be tasty, uh, with what happens. If anything happens there, Astros at the Red Sox game five, that'll be this afternoon. Braves at the Dodgers game four. This is how game three ended last night or yesterday afternoon with the Dodgers and the Braves. And a fly ball to right center field. It's well hit, and it is gone. A three-run home run for Bellinger. We've got a new game. It's tied at five. Baseball home office has to love this without saying it publicly because now the Astros-Dodgers matchup, potential matchup, is back in the conversation because the Astros roughed up the Red Sox with seven runs in the ninth inning to win it. 9-2. Nine to two. That series tied at two games apiece. Braves still up two games to one. Bob Costas, uh, next hour, will join us to talk about all of the baseball. All right, so are you going to go with, does Ben Simmons play another game? Yeah, that's that's the poll question. Uh, the, the side poll question is, do you want Ben Simmons if you're another team? Like, uh, would you want him if you were Sacramento or Cleveland or Minnesota or even a good team like the Lakers? Is there value that's still remaining with him? Yeah, there's value, but how much am I giving up to get him? Do I have to give up a couple of first-round picks? And and remember, you know, they kept saying, oh, we want something of equal value. Well, you're not going to get equal value with somebody who you've devalued. I mean, this is on Daryl Morey. He's the GM. Like, make something happen here. And they, they put themselves in this position because their star was honest and their coach was honest. Those comments after they were ousted by the powerful Atlanta Hawks in the postseason. And those comments have come back to haunt them. Even though Doc said all of the nice things that you could possibly say about Ben Simmons during the season. Because we would be critical of Ben and Doc always, always, always stood up for him. And then Doc in a moment of transparency said he didn't know if he could win a championship with Ben as his point guard. And that was it. It was done. 
And Doc did mean it. He just shouldn't have said it. Because Ben, being as sensitive as he is, and then your star player, Joel Embiid, calls you out, and then he's done. You know, he's acting like he's 25 years of age. Like, stop saying mean things about me. I want to go. Let me get out of here. I don't want to go to practice. Like, all of these things. I mean, he's acting like he's, uh, he's, he's mad, but he should be mad at himself because he put himself in this position as a player. Gotta want to be, you gotta want to be great. But now everybody wants to be a brand. Like, I want to be a thing, not just, I want to put in the time. This feels like if Kobe Bryant was still alive, Kobe would track down Ben Simmons and grab him and say, Do you know what the hell you're doing? I'm going to take you under my wing because I don't want to see all this talent go to waste. It really feels like that's what Kobe would do. And Kobe did, he, he, he was counsel to a lot of players. He, he gave guidance to a lot of players privately. This feels like a Kobe Bryant situation where it's like, Ben, who are you listening to? And why are you listening to those people? Who allows him to show up at practice and he's got his phone in his sweatpants during drills? Don't you pull him to the side and say, Ben, that's, that's not what we do here. No? Unless he thinks he's going to be traded, he wants to make sure that, you know, he gets that text. <laughs> no? I mean, but hey, Philadelphia, you put yourself in this situation. You should know better. Doc should know better. Daryl Morey should know better. Ben may not know better. Plain and simple. Uh, Steve in Florida. Hi, Steve. What's on your mind today? And it's always an honor and privilege to talk to you. And uh, I just want to say, how about Dallas Mavericks, Jalen Brunson, number one pick to Philadelphia, bring Ben Simmons down, Jason Kidd coaches him up. And uh, also, did you see that herky-jerky motion on Kenley Jansen last night? looked like he was ready to throw the ball, ready to throw the ball again, and then he comes set. And that must have been confusing the hitters. Well, know? he did strike out the side. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, I, I don't want to do this. Hey, what about this trade? What about this trade? I, because I don't know if, how do things fit salary-wise and you know draft pick-wise and all. You know what what does Philadelphia want in return? You know they're a championship-caliber team. Troy in North Carolina, and then we'll take a break. Hi, Troy. What's on your mind today? Danny, hey, Troy. actually Troy in North Dakota. No worries. Okay. First off, 5'11", 195, a too soft 195. Soft. I am actually um, RJ in Colorado, his former prison chaplain, believe it or not. And when he says uh, that your show helped him get through his time, he is not kidding. Oh, nice. Um, having been ra- born and raised in Pennsylvania, I am somewhat a Philly fan, all Philly sports, so I had to take on Ben Simmons. Um I gotta differ with you, uh, differ with you a little bit. I think the quote, the quote that I keep going to in my mind is, "People tell you who they are; you should believe them." I think we're the chumps, and the coaching staff is the chumps at this point to not believe what Ben is telling us, and it's quite that, quite simply, that. And he he just doesn't want to. He wants to be the star without the effort. Yeah. Um, lastly, yeah. Uh, thank you, Todd. And uh, thanks to Ryan Honolulu. I have three little kids around my house saying, ah! 
Aloha, Dan. <laughs> Thank you, Troy. That's Troy from North Dakota, not North Carolina. We'll take a break. More phone calls back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. This week's focus is on fishing, not with a cane pole. Cyber criminals go fishing for private information. It's important how to spot this. Watch for odd messages via chat, email, text, asking you to take action. And don't click on any links in these messages. Don't open or download attachments. Report phishing attempts to business or government agencies. But above all else, it's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives every day. We put so much information at risk on the Internet, and in an instant, cyber criminal could harm what's yours. That's why it's great that there's LifeLock. You like that? That fast. A little sound effect there. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information, they'll send you an alert. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. Keep what's yours. LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. Save 25% off your first year. Promo code Patrick. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Steph Curry had a triple-double last night. His first triple-double in more than five years. Back January of 2016 against the Pacers. He also had a moment where he was going in for a layup and then he was going to do a finger roll and then he turned his hand around and grabbed the rim and as if to say, hey, I can't dunk it, but I can grab the rim. And then it kind of kicked the ball out. So he actually missed the shot. I saw this story and uh, I'm always, I always marvel and I always praise people who are able to do this in a moment of uh, an emergency. The Jacksonville Jaguars, Dwayne Smoot, a defensive end, helped his wife deliver a baby girl at home. So the couple's second child was born early Tuesday morning in their Jacksonville home. They were about to go to the hospital at four in the morning, and uh, it was too quick. Wasn't enough time to get to the hospital before the baby was born, and he called 911, uh, 911, paramedics talked him through it, tying the umbilical cord, and they did this over the phone, and uh, his daughter was born in the couple's living room. Uh, he missed Tuesday's workout, uh, but called the team. <laughs> That's one of those, hey, Smoot, where are you? My wife, she had a baby. I helped her deliver. Yeah, right. No, she did. But uh, I don't think I could do that. Yeah, Paul. You wouldn't have a choice. You, this seems like a situation where the choice went out the window. Do you think... You or your wife would be freaking out more in the moment. Once it, once the the decision was made, we're doing this, and you put the nine one one on speakerphone. Well, my wife would freak out because I was helping her deliver. If it was just my wife on her own, she'd be like, "All right, I'm good, I got this." But I'd be like, "Oh, like understand when my son was born, my first child." You know, I nearly passed out because I was breathing. You know, I was going through the breathing stuff that you do. And I'd actually was lightheaded. And so my wife delivered a 10-pound baby, 24 inches long. And they say, oh, we need some orange juice in there. They think it's for my wife. It's for me. <laughs> I'm in a rocking chair. And my wife has just delivered this huge baby. And I'm like, and, you know, my wife's asking me how I'm doing. I'm like, okay, 
but I had to sit in a rocking chair drinking, sipping orange juice. Yeah, see. And that no matter how much you prepare over the course of oh. your life leading into those nine months, and then when the when it's game time, there, nothing truly prepares you for that. No, and even when you go through Lamaze, and you go to those, and you sort of go because you have to, you know, it's a couple thing, and then you're like, and then you're going to be doing this, and then you're going to have, uh, you know, jello uh, cubes that you're going to give her, and you're, you know, like all of these things. And then you get in there, and then you forget everything, except for the breathing part. And then with the other three kids my wife had, I didn't do the breathing part. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, Paul. Do you think, though, that Dwayne Smoot might catch a little heat on this? Because some of the headlines say Jacksonville Jaguars Dwayne Smoot delivers the baby. He was part of the delivery process. Yeah. He wasn't the, uh, the the main part of it. She's still the, the alpha in this situation. Yeah. He's going to catch heat. I'm going to get, uh, as long as he caught the baby, you know, if he catches heat, then that's uh, that's okay. Yes, Tom. And it said his wife fell. I would hope that he made some kind of effort. His big, strong football play. It's like, I don't want to try to deliver this baby on my own. Try to pick her up somehow and put her into the car and drive to the hospital so the pros can do And it's always in the morning. Why is it always really late at night or early in the morning? Usually not in the afternoon. It's like, hey, got to go. Like, uh, where? Hospital. What? Yeah, Paul. Do you guys remember the hurricane we had here about 10, 10 and a half years ago? The night of the hurricane, it was Hurricane Irene on the East Coast. My wife was getting ready to have the baby, and we were still at home. And the doctor said, either drive in now or you're going to stay at home because they're going to close the roads. So we were in a tough position because they're like, he goes, drive in now. You may have to stay overnight, stay over two nights. But if the roads are closed, we're not sending anyone to get you. You're going to have to deliver the baby at home. We got right in the car to avoid the situation. I nearly missed my when my son was born because they said, oh, we're going to give your wife an epidural. And I'm like, okay, you got to leave the room. I'm like, okay. I walk around the hospital, going outside, going into you know the gift store, have breakfast. I saunter back like 45 minutes later, and they're like, uh, we're ready to go. And I'm like, oh, you haven't given her the epidural? Like, no, no, the baby is coming. I'm like, oh, my God. And like six minutes later, it's like, uh, hey, here's your baby. And it was one of those where the doctor kept saying, this is the longest baby I ever delivered. <laughs> and I go, what is it? Like you miss out on that moment where they go, congratulations, uh, you got it yourself a boy. And I'm like, he's going, this is the longest baby I ever delivered. And I go, what is it? And he goes, oh, it's a boy. And I go, okay, thanks, Doc. So much for that, you know, that movie scene. Like, congrats, you got yourself a baby boy. Yeah, see. Yeah, I, I remember my son, he was gigantic. When he was born, he was like 10 pounds, 13 ounces or so. He was like three months old, it seemed like. And I was like, dang. I'm like, how did you just do that? It was, I was like, I was beyond, I was blown away by the whole process. I thought it was awesome. Um, and it was just like, I can't believe this is really happening right now. Like, look at what you're doing. This is incredible. He was huge and he looked just like Danny DeVito. When he, I was like, look at that guy. Like, a little mini Danny DeVito. This is incredible. And it's a must lie situation when the baby doesn't look good. You know, when you say, yeah. oh, look at that. You know, and it's like, ooh, you, you look like E.T. Like that guy? That's Ark? Oh, mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, some phone calls here. 877-3DP-SHOW. Carlos in Kentucky. Hey, Carlos, what's on your mind today? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. First time caller, long time listener. Uh, 150 uh, pounds. Uh, so, Dan, I'm calling because I'm moving to Connecticut, and this is actually my second go-around. Um, we got a U-Haul, rented a U-Haul that was too small, 
And so I had to go back to Kentucky, and now I'm on my way back. And so my wife calls me, and I'm like, hey, you know, how's the drive? And I'm like, well, I guess it just got a lot better because the Dan Patrick show's on. So you are helping me out with two hours worth of drive time. John in Illinois. Hi, John. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Six foot, 195. I was just calling to say uh, that I'm generally a podcast listener. I listen to you every morning while I'm at work, and currently right now I'm on strike with the UAW, and I get to enjoy your great show uh, every single day uh, on Peacock, and I just want to say thanks. Uh, you guys are funny and awesome, and I just love listening to your guys' show. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate that, and, uh, and good luck there with your, uh, with your battle. Uh, Pat in Pennsylvania. Hi, Pat. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Uh, anyone who's ever played basketball has played with Ben Simmons, and it's, it just doesn't work. There's too much thinking. You've got to go in reaction when you're playing basketball, and we, I don't think anyone in Philly needs him back. Um, and, and people always point to the game uh, last year where he gives up the layup. How about when he's covering uh, uh, Kawhi? And he lets him go. He gives him to Joe, uh, Joel Embiid, who tries to come over and get him. And he's supposed to be the defensive standard, and he couldn't even keep him off of that play. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to bang on him too hard with that. He he's a good defender. I don't think he's a great defender, but you know, it's just he's he's a good player who has limitations. And you know, in his mind, he probably thinks he's on equal footing with you know the best players in the game, and he's not. Just because you're on the all-star team doesn't mean you're as good as the other all-stars. You know, they fell out the roster there. And Ben is Ben can be a good player. But I don't know if Ben wants to be a great player. Because that's the difference. Any player, any of these players, they became greater. They wanted to become greater. Some players level off. Some players get into the league and they're, they think they've made it. You know, that's when it starts. And it's the question is, how bad do you want it? How great do you want to be? How much time do you want to put in? And Ben, I think, wants to be, you know, a brand. I think he wants to have people like him on social media. Uh, Go and do cool things. And if that's what he wants to do, that's fine. But your your troubles are going to go with you. No matter where you go, you don't leave them behind in Philadelphia. Uh, let's see. Kevin in Colorado. Hey, Kev, what's on your mind today? Hey, DP. Hey, buddy. First time, long time, six foot, 210. UD alumni, go Flyers. Hey, uh, timely talk with the baby. We just uh, welcomed our second daughter into the world last Thursday. Uh, would highly recommend trying to catch the baby. Was able to do that. It was a thrill. All right. Um, just calling in on the world, potential World Series Matchup of Dodgers Astros. Um, who do you think everybody would cheer for? Since the Dodgers seem to be coming the new New York Yankees buying the whole team, and then the Astros just seem to still have that tarnish of being cheaters. I would think. Thank you, Kev. I would think that if you don't have a rooting interest, you would probably be rooting for the Dodgers because people probably think they got screwed with the Astros back in 2017. I'm guessing. Um, but, you know, as far as the showdown and storylines, national storylines, I mean, that's the ideal matchup. Yeah, McLovin. 
It's kind of funny. Last night I felt myself feeling sorry for Cody Bellinger and happy that he finally got a break, even though he's like a great, <laughs> highly played player. The Dodgers don't feel like the Yankees, do they? Or even though they spend like the Yankees? Um, they don't get the attention that the Yankees do when it comes to that. Uh, as far as, you know, the New York media and, you know, the evil empire and the amount of money they spend. And, you know, it's an open checkbook. You know, the Dodgers do the same thing. It's just not as the media doesn't focus in on that the way it does in New York with all the newspapers. there, all the members of the media in that area and focusing on that. Yeah, Paul. Dodgers fans hope they get there where they win like three out of four World Series and are taking all the other players and the national media. People yeah. hate them. Yeah, that's what they want. You know, they lost what two World Series, 17 and 18. Like you want to get to that point where yeah. they, they, they don't like you because you are the evil empire. Yeah, McLovin. When you, were you around the 90s Yankees, did you like that team? Like, they were kind of likable yeah. up until a point. Sure. What did it all change and they became sort of the, the quote-unquote evil empire? Well, I just think because they won. And, and, and everybody would say, well, hey, they, they, they have uh, homegrown players. And I said, yeah, but they can afford to keep them. Very few franchises are able to have homegrown talent, and then they're able to keep them. And they could, you know, give Derek Jeter what he wanted or Jorge Posada or Bernie Williams. You know, they, they were able to do that. Uh, Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit. Most teams would lose at least three or four of those players. And then the Yankees could always go, hmm, who do we need here? Let's go get Kevin Brown or, you know, let's go get this pitcher. Or let's go get this hitter. They had that ability to be able to do that. And not many franchises could. So you kind of felt like, Hey, they're taking advantage of the rules and or salary cap. The fact there is none. But, you know, I will say this about George Steinbrenner. He he created not only a baseball team, but he, he created a product. He created a product that became must see TV. He wanted stars. And, you know, his blueprint is just like any other popular TV show. You know, you, you like friends. You know, you want to have these stars and then you got to keep the stars. And, you know, when they decided that they were going to renegotiate on Friends, everybody got like forty eight million dollars, I think, each member of Friends. Well, it's a TV show. The Yankees, a TV show. You come out and see reality stars. I mean, that that was the brilliance of the Yes Network. And you've, you've seen other teams try to copy that. But that's where you go out and you go, hey, we don't care. Giancarlo Stanton, people are going to watch him hit home runs. We want to keep Aaron Judge. Hey, let's get Garrett Cole here. You want things. They are players, but they're, they're things. It's, a, it's something that you tune in to watch. And it's not just, hey, we got a scrappy little baseball team. No, we want star power here. And that's what the Yankees are able to do. And the Dodgers are able to do this as well, that you know who these people are. You know these players. Hey, we'll take Mookie Betts. You know, we're in on the Garrett Cole sweepstakes. Uh, we want to keep Clayton Kershaw. Like, you, you want to have these things where you're tuning in, or in Los Angeles, you go out and see that. I mean, that's, that's really important. You want star power. Yeah, McLeod. Yeah, no one's tuning in for the Rays as great as they no, are. No, they're not. No. But they can't afford to bring in star power. They, they have to be a plucky team. They have to be that, boy, they play the game the right way. I mean, that's, it's just, it's a, a, an approach that you're afforded in baseball. You can go out and buy stars, create, create, 
you know, this is what the Angels would like to do. You got Mike Trout, you got Shohei. Can you surround them with a couple other players? They thought they had that in Albert Pujols. It didn't work out. Certain markets call for star power, and uh, other markets just can't do it. You know, Pittsburgh can't build a team this way. Cincinnati can't. Philadelphia trying to do it. Uh, Tampa can't do it. I mean, it's the Red Sox did it for a while, you know, and then they decided that they couldn't, and I think they surprised everybody by being competitive this year. Yeah, Paul? The Angels are in a weird spot because the best hitter of our generation after Albert Pujols doesn't want to be a star. Mike Trout doesn't really do interviews. He doesn't live the star life in any way. He, he's, like, he's like the John Stockton of his sport where he, he's unbelievable and he's not participating. Yeah, you can't, like, you can't make somebody a personality. Like, you can try, by the way they play, that you're a personality. But that doesn't mean you're a personality that you can sell. At least nationally. Yeah, McLovin. Yeah, like Tim Duncan. Like, I never really wanted to watch the Spurs. I didn't find them no. as interesting as they were amazing. Adam Schefter has uh, this information. Thursday night football. The quarterback for your Cleveland Browns will be Case Keenum. Here's Baker Mayfield yesterday saying that he's making the decision if he's playing. Only I know how my body feels. And if anyone questions whether, you know, I'm hindering the team and going out there injured, that's just not right. So it's my decision. I get to say, you know, whether I'm able to play or not. And that's just how it is. Okay. Well, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe the Browns made that decision, not Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Paul. There's a happy guy in this room. We're back. No, the Keenan Perloff team. Yeah. Although the, the missing left tackles of running backs yeah. kind of scares me a yeah. little bit. I don't know. Actually, the left tackle, I guess, was questionable. Oh, well, you're playing the Broncos, though. Yeah. Von Miller. We've seen Von Miller have good games, though. No, I know. Von Miller has come out and said, basically, guaranteeing he's going to have a great game here. That makes me nervous for Team, uh, team Keenum. Mm. I think Case Keenum's expendable. <laughs> Something happens. Just saying. Hey, hey, not as a person, as a dude. No, I know, but as a quarterback, you know, if if he's collateral damage here, yeah, Paul. Can you sell this one, Dan? Keenum Bridgewater oh. Thursday night. Uh, <laughs> All right. I, 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 yeah, I guess I could. Who do you put? Like, you have to pick two players for pictures. Who I would do. Guys? I would do Von Miller, Miles Garrett. Here you go. One's a future Hall of Famer. Guaranteed. One might be. One might be the defensive player of the year. It's the Browns. It's the Broncos. It's Miles Garrett. Von Miller. Thursday night. Only on Fox. What do you think? Yeah. Got it? Yeah. You got to throw it all back him in there. <laughs> he I don't even know if he's <laughs> caught eight balls this year. He's still better than that. Nobody gets more attention with less results than Odell Beckham Jr. the third. No one. No one. Odell Beckham versus versatile no. Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick in this, the showdown of guys with nine catches this year. Yeah. If you've never seen what Vic Fangio looks like, now you get that opportunity. Thursday night, Broncos, Browns, only on Fox. Yeah, Paul. Case Keenum, good father, solid citizen. Next. Yeah. Fox. Yes, Todd. How soon do you hype it with the drive and the fumble of these two teams, you know, histories with each other, even though it was a long Todd, time ago? Todd, that's you. Is that really? Yeah. When you think Broncos-Browns, that's not one of the first things you think of the two years in a row that they kept Cleveland how many, in the Super Bowl? How many years ago was that time? That was like in 87, Exactly. 88. See, you're stuck in the 80s. 
Yeah, but there are people that are over 30 years old that like I, I was the first thing I what think is, of. What does it have to do with Thursday night's game? Especially if you're looking for ways to hype it and which, which player do you put on the. Uh, but Elway's the, not playing. No, but he's still a legend that is the president of operations. It's is, not, but it's not payback time. Like if the Browns win, they. Where do they get out of that other than a win? It's, I, it's not retribution or revenge, but when you think Broncos Browns, I don't know how anybody over like 35 years old doesn't think immediately. 35? I don't know. Tack on at least 15 more years. And Todd, nobody cares. I'm shocked if people don't think the drive and the fumble when they think a Broncos Browns game. Yes, big love. That's not even the same Browns franchise. It's a completely, that's the Ravens. It's a totally different team. In a way. If you have to hype the game by talking about a game that was in 1987, you're in trouble. Take a break. Back after this. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Alrighty. Holly uh, just said to me during the commercial break, hey, is Case Keenum approaching Ryan Fitzpatrick for most teams played for? And I said, well, wait, isn't that one of the uh, McCown brothers? Doesn't he, doesn't he have the most games for a quarterback? Yeah, Paul. I got Josh McCown playing for eight different teams. Okay. Ryan Fitzpatrick, now that he is a Washington, mm-hmm. which I think that's what he is, that is his ninth team. Ooh. St. Louis, Cincinnati, Buffalo. Remember the Buffalo run? Mm. Tennessee, Houston, Houston oh. Jets, Tampa, I don't recall that well. Miami, Washington, and he's 39, so there's still a possibility. Okay. Now, Case Keenum, Houston, St. Louis, Los Angeles Rams, that counts as two franchises. Uh, Minnesota, but since he left Minnesota, which was a questionable decision, he's been on Denver, Washington, and Cleveland. He's only 33, and he's at uh, seven. Ooh. At his pace, he's going to catch... McCown brother. Yes, McLovin. There's also like Josh Johnson, who's the backup now on the Jets. Yeah. He was on a lot of practice squad. He's been on like 14 different teams. No, that's not true. Well, uh, yeah, Bucks, Niners, uh, Sacramento Mountain Lions, Cleveland Browns, Bengals, Niners, Bengals, Bills, Ravens, Giants, Redskins, San Diego Fleet, <laughs> Los Angeles Wildcats, 49ers, New York Jets. There's a few guys like that who've gone like practice squad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does he get a jersey though? Remember, he was—he's one of those guys. He co- was coached by Harbaugh in college. Everyone's like, "Oh, he's a Harbaugh guy." Josh Johnson. Yeah, I think you have to get a jersey with that team. I think that's a fair rule to be official. Official designation of yeah, I played for that team. Being on the practice squad, I don't. I don't think uh, Kurt Warner got a jersey when he was fourth string quarterback with the Packers. Yeah, Paul. Do we now consider Case Keenum a journeyman? Because he was a starter and had a pretty good season. I think almost a Pro Bowl with the Minnesota Vikings. But do you call him a journeyman now because he's on Team 7? Yes. Is he the greatest journeyman of all time? He's got 75 touchdowns and 47 interceptions. That that ratio is really good. 
Yes, Eden. Well, are we then suggesting that Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a journeyman or is? He's a journeyman. He is. What are Ryan Fitzpatrick's numbers, Paulie? Because Ryan Fitzpatrick could be the greatest journeyman. I usually have those at the top of my head. You should. 223 touchdowns and 169 picks. Baller. Yeah. Yeah. That's way more than a bunch of Hall of Famers. Yes. Yes, McLeod. All right, Fitzpatrick, I don't think he's ever played in a playoff game. But J.T. O'Sullivan, I'm reading, has might have the record with 11 teams. Remember that guy? Did you catch that rear? No, I know. I got rear. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. I know he went to Harvard, but... Uh, J.T. You know. O'Sullivan? No, I mean uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, okay. Uh, and, yeah, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick never played in a, play, a postseason game. Yeah. I'm seeing J.T. O'Sullivan might hold the record with 11. He's all, it's also a great bar in Times Square. J.T. O'Sullivan. J.T. O'Sullivan. Oh, happy hour. Yeah. Flingers. Yeah. By the way, this week's episode on that scene, I'm joined by Carla Gugino. Now, that is a woman. (laughs) She was awesome. She discussed her, uh, spoiler here, death scene in The Haunting of Hill House. Also talked about uh, meeting Meryl Streep and uh, what intrigues her most about the horror movies. Here is a clip from that scene. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued about finding the beauty and the levity in horror um, because horror is not a genre that I gravitate towards particularly. Um, I just gravitate towards anything good. And I think that he has such a, a amazing, that's sort of like his way into telling the truth in a strange way that you couldn't if it was totally naturalistic. Catch the rest of the interview. Go to Amazon.com slash that scene. She was wonderful. She was a whole lot of fun. She was in Entourage. I mean, she's been in a variety of things. Uh, She was an agent in Entourage. It's one of those when you see her, you go, oh, yeah, yeah. And she got a great personality as well. Yes, McLeod. Yeah, it was weird how much technical assistance you got for that one. (laughs) Everybody's like, well, everybody, (laughs) everybody stayed. All the Danettes stayed. When I did this after the show, I recorded it. And they're like, "Uh, who do you have on uh, this week for that scene? I go, "Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. Carla Gugino. Oh, yes. And I've got. All four guys over there staying later while I interview her. Yes. Put out some prep here for you. Yeah, of course she did. Yeah. Extra questions, DP. Yeah. Leave that on your desk. Uh, Todd has a limerick for uh, Game 3 National League Championship Series. Todd? I do. Okay. Well, Game 3 was a magical ride. Dodger World Series dreams nearly died. Then Cody B hits a blast. Would Mookie's RBI last? Yes, Ken Lee bravely strikes out the side. All right. Thank you, Todd. No humor there, but I think it's serviceable to it's capture okay. what happened. Why start now? <laughs> Stick with what works. Or doesn't. The drive and the fumble. No, I Go got it. No, I got it. A lame Rick. How's, uh, <laughs> how's Twitter tr- treating you that you want to uh, revisit the uh, mid-80s with I, the Broncos I, and Browns? I got excited. One tweet said, you're 100% right. That's the first thing I think of. And then I got some uh, vulgarities and things. I got to uh, get past that bleep. That was a very long time ago, and no one cares, including people from Denver saying no one cares anymore. They don't care. If John Elway was playing Thursday night. That would be a story in and of that itself. That would be awesome. That would be great. The great Bob Costas will recap the baseball from last night. More phone calls as well. Less limericks. Back after this.